Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, January 14, 2018. Our text for the day comes from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20, which are as follows. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And this... The second of our Be It Therefore Resolved worship series to start the new year. We're going to face some truths that will probably make some of us very uncomfortable. We're going to face some truths that may fly in the face of what we have been taught or what we may believe about ourselves and about God. But we're also going this week going to see good news about God's grace at work and the lives of all. One of the most tragic things, I believe, that has come about in Christianity is something that John Wesley himself, the founder of Methodism, railed against. And that is the idea that Christianity is about me and God. You're half right when you say that. Christianity is about God. But there's no such thing as solitary Christianity. There's no such thing as saying, my faith is my business and no one else's. There's no such thing as saying that other people don't have only the right but the responsibility to help me be a better Christian. And it's hard for us to understand because we live in a culture where it's all about me. It's all about my. It's all about I. But yet one thing we have to realize in this post-epiphany season, this season where we have already celebrated the birth of the Christ, and we have celebrated the wise men, the rest of the world, realizing that Christ has come, And that is, when Christ comes, what also comes is responsibility. We can't just allow ourselves to believe, well, Jesus came, I've accepted Him, and i got a warm feeling in my heart, and everything's going to be okay. I promise you, I promise you that if we, and when we accept God's grace in Christ, Things must change. And not only must things change, 
But our outlook must change. How we conduct our business must change. What we believe has to change. Or else we have no faith at all. One of the great things I think about the lectionary leading us to this passage this weekend is in fact because tomorrow our country celebrates Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Now, Martin Luther King Jr. was not absolutely perfect. Like the rest of us, he had stuff that was not pleasing to God in his life. He had his flaws, and I'm not going to stand up here and try to paint him as an absolute paragon of sainthood. But what I will tell you is that was a man who a lot of society misses because they look at him first as a great civil rights lecturer. When you go back and you read his speeches, and you go back and you read his letter to the, from Birmingham jail, and you go back and you hear the speech from the Washington March on, the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, which is known as the I Have a Dream speech. All of these things have scriptural basis. And he was using the gift that he was given of the ability to teach and to preach and to lead people, to present the gospel. And where so many people may look at what he said and did as a political act, it was a pastoral act. Bringing hope to the hopeless, voice to the voiceless. Influencing society to confront some things that we have tried to just paper over. But he used what he was given to transform this country and to transform this world. Whether you agree with him or not, whether or not you like him or hate him or whatever, is that you cannot deny the fact that he used what he was given and he accepted the responsibility of that leadership. And I think in the light of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in light of Paul's words to the Corinthians, in light of the lives we have seen by the saints over the millennia, it can only be seen that to be a Christian to be one who accepts God's grace means also to accept the responsibility to live out a life in grace. You know, Diane read it so well. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. First thing we realize is that with grace we realize that just because we can do something does not mean we should do something. Just because we can do something does not mean we should do something. That's one thing that we realize in the life of the church and in the life of the Christian community. Is we all are individual agents. We all have agency to do whatever it is that we feel led to do or that we want to do. But the question is, What's our motivation? And the question we have to ask ourselves is, how is what I am doing, even if it is legal, even if I have the ability to do it, should I be doing it? Is what I am doing glorifying God? And I promise you, the only doctrine 
in Christianity throughout the years that is more important or more powerful than justification is self-justification. We so often, consciously and unconsciously, allow ourselves to justify behavior that if we look at it, we know is wrong. That's why Paul's so important here to talk to the Corinthians about the fact that just because we can do something does not mean we should do something. All things are lawful, but I will not be dominated by anything. And he goes on and he says, The body is, not, is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. The Christian's first focus must be on God and not on self. It is absolutely amazing to me that we worship a God who has given us absolute freedom to do what we want, including the freedom to say, God, thanks, but I'm gone. I'm out. Later, God. We worship a God who loves us so much He's willing to put us in a position to reject His love. And the reason that is so crucial, and the reason why that is one of the responsibilities of those who have accepted God's grace is because focusing on God allows us to look at every thought, word, and deed and ask ourselves, is this glorifying God? Is this glorifying God? And with that comes a corollary. And with that comes the idea that part of the reason why we are not called to solitary Christianity and part of the reason why we are called, there is, there is a reason why we are called to move beyond just gathering here on Sunday morning in our favorite seats and our favorite pews, but we are called to small groups. We are called to Bible studies. We are called to Sunday school. We are called to being a part of a smaller community of faith within a larger community of faith because on our own our focus will drift. And on our own, left to our own devices, we will wander away from what is right and what is pleasing in the sight of God. But when we allow ourselves to be part of a smaller group of people, we can ask ourselves, am I keeping God first? We can ask others, are you keeping God's, God first? And so often we want to get defensive about how we behave. And we throw out things like, I can't help it. You're right, you can't, but God can. The question is, are we allowing ourselves to be agents of God's grace? Are we allowing God's love to be incarnate in us? It would have been very easy for Martin Luther King Jr. to have just stayed in Atlanta. Lord knows he went through a ton. But yet, there was a focus there. There was a focus there. What are we focusing on? What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on God? Are we focusing on other things? You know, he, he says, just because you can do something with your body doesn't mean you should. But then, you know, he goes on and he says, 
But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits outside the body is outside the body, but if a fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? Part of accepting God's grace is realizing that our lives, our bodies, our beings are bearing witness to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You want to hear those words again. You are not your own. We do not belong to ourselves, but we belong to God. Part of accepting God's grace and part of the responsibility that comes with accepting God's grace is asking ourselves, is God, am I allowing God to work through me? Am I allowing God to work through me? Even when that's hard. Even when that means saying the hard things and doing the hard things. How much would our lives change? How much would the lives of our family, how much would the life of our church, our community, and the world change if we made that one shift from the fact that we do not belong to ourselves but to God? If we're going to be faithful disciples of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. could have said very easily, this is going to kill me. He could very easily have said, I'm going to spend nights in jail. I'm going to spend days getting spit on. I'm going to spend days with Bull Connor throwing dogs at me. I'm going to spend, you know, I, you know, he said, I, I could have done all that. He could have said, it's not worth it. But he realized that he was not here for what he got out of it, but what God was doing through him. One of the things that I think is very great about the history and the knowledge we have of history is that you do not have to be perfect for God to use you. For none of us are perfect. And the question is, do we belong to ourselves or do we belong to God? And then the final thing we see in this last past, last verse is, For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Our attitudes are a direct reflection of our response to God's grace. Our attitudes are a direct reflection of our response to God's grace. I actually rewrote that point late this week. At first, that last point read, our actions are a direct reflection of our response to God's grace. But then I realized, as I was working through it again late this week, that our actions our reflection of our attitudes. And the question is, where is, where are our attitudes? Where is our response to God's grace? 
Do we have attitudes of gratitude or attitudes of entitlement? Do we have attitudes of thanksgiving or do we have attitudes of I deserve? The very first word of this title, grace. Grace brings responsibilities. We can't just allow ourselves to walk in here on Christmas Eve, lift the light up high, sing joy to the world, silent night and all that other stuff, and for nothing to change, for nothing to be different. And the great thing, my friends, is that as we get older, as we go through life, as circumstances change, we too change. We too have a discovery that goes on each and every day. Which is why we cannot allow ourselves to continue to be guided by the past. One of the great articles I've read recently was a very controversial one where the title of the article was, Culture is Not Killing Our Church, Our Nostalgia Is, Our Grief Is. There's lots of good men and women who want to live like it's 50 years ago. And yet it's not 50 years ago. And we must move forward. We must move forward because we don't do things the way that the generation before us did. A lot of lifelong Methodists would be stunned to know that the Pentecostal church of today reflects what the Methodist church of the late 1800s looked like. In fact, they are brothers and sisters in the faith and in the Wesleyan tradition. But just like we also cannot bank on our past and our own lives, whether good or bad, Scripture is quite clear. Yesterday is done. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Let's deal with right now. Read the book of James. And whether the past is good or whether the past is hell, we have a conscious choice to make. And again, it's not easy. It's not just flipping a switch. I understand that. But the question is, where do we want to be? Do we want to be diving into and bathing in and immersed in the grace that God is giving us through Christ right now? Or do we want to stay trapped? After all, that's what the prophets were telling the faithful back before Christ came. Hold on. Something better is coming. May it be so. And may you and I remember that as ones who have accepted God's grace in Christ, with that grace comes responsibility. And let us live in a way that reflects our acceptance of this responsibility. And let us live in such a way that our lives reflect this responsibility. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of the Ritter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.